again, everybody, and welcome back to the Ohio Agronomy Roundup. I'm your host, Bushel Billy, and today we are headed to the Mary Carn Agricultural Center to visit with Nick Zacharick at the Farm Science Review. Nick, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here to share a little bit about Farm Science Review online, especially since it's so different this year than what we're used to as an in-person farm show. Yes, absolutely. Big changes for everybody all the way around. Uh, But before we dive into those details, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and what you do uh, for the Farm Science Review organization? Absolutely. I'm Nick Zacharich. I'm the manager at Farm Science Review. Um, What I do typically every year in and out is working with uh, companies, whether they want to come and uh, display something here at Farm Science Review for all the visitors to see or uh, helping some of the companies that aid those visitors. So whether it might be tent companies or, um, you know, supplies or catering businesses, there's a lot of different things that go into it. And then also recruiting a lot of volunteers and workers to be able to staff and man and do security and all the different things. So, um, you know, we have over 100,000 people every every year, and it seems like we have over 1,000 people just coming to work, um, you know, every year to make things happen the way they should and to make everybody comfortable while they're here. So that's mainly what I do in a nutshell, Bill, is, is uh, just coordinate and help people move from point A to point B. Yeah, it is certainly certainly a big deal. Do you, you know how many years the Farm Science Review has been held out there? This is our 58th show, and the first 20 were at Don Scott Airfield in Columbus. So that okay. means 38 at the Molly Karen Ag Center, and uh, the, you know, the site was donated by Molly Karen in 1982, and the very first show was 1983 out here. Uh, that next year. So there's a big move for us, a lot more space, uh, twice the size of an exhibit area, and we've grown that just a little bit over the years. Uh, but with 2,100 acres, we have the ability to do that here. Where in Don Scott, if anybody's been there in that neighborhood lately, it's pretty tight around that airport with uh, subdivisions and, and new stores and things like that. So it's it's been engulfed by houses and development where uh, out here we have plenty of space to stretch out, and our visitors are much more comfortable driving here than in that town, uh, you know, driving experience that you get when you go inside Columbus. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Nobody wants to fight that traffic if they don't have to. Yeah, and especially uh, the neighbors, too. And, you know, we have we have a lot of uh, space out here with a four-lane highway coming in off the of U.S. 40, and I, I-70 come, uh, cuts right through our facility. So it's easy to get to and easy to get in the parking lot. So it really reduces the amount of impact we have on the on the site. You know, there may be some local folks that disagree that it is a big impact, but when you have thousands of cars coming in, it's hard to go anywhere without any kind of a traffic uh, jam at some point. But getting in and out is much more uh, efficient and simpler here than it was in Columbus. Now, I have been a vendor at the Farm Science Review for now on 15 years, and I can tell you if you don't get there on time, don't be in a hurry. Like you said, what, 100,000 people coming through there, and there's only a couple gates on the way in. So uh, you got to get to show up on time or you get caught up in the traffic because it's, it's a right. crowd. Yep, and I'll tell you, the best time time to come as, an, as a visitor is about 830 because the exhibitors all want to be here by 8 o'clock when the gates open, and yep. that makes a few of the exhibitors a little late sometimes if you get in that traffic jam of the exhibitor rush. But then right after that exhibitor rush is done, then you got a little bit of a law for all the people that do wait just a little bit extra time you know, around 9 o'clock. So 8.30 is that sweet spot if you want to engage that as the time to arrive at the state one, especially on a Wednesday. Wednesday is always the busiest day where, you know, you can have up to 70,000 people on site at one time, and that's those are the, the times it really gets backed up. So if you do uh, want to see the show, I would recommend a Tuesday or a Thursday just because Wednesday is always the busiest day. But sure. um, all three days there's always something to see, and you may want to judge uh, which day you come by what, what 
educational sessions are available also. So the exhibitors pretty much have uh, the same displays all three days. Uh, so when you're looking at the corporate side of things, the commercial side of things, those folks are uh, putting on the same show all three days and any time are available. Um, so some of the education does uh, specify maybe for some folks when they actually want to come. Well, that makes sense. The exhibitors get there, they're excited to set up. Just how many different exhibitors do you have outside of the university and the extension services that participate every year? Yeah, so each year when it's in person, there's over 600 exhibitors, um, and that's, that doesn't include the education. So the education side, we have over 100 displays and exhibitors within just the university. So we're our own biggest exhibitor when it comes to that effect. Uh, but when we, we look at this virtual show, uh, not every company is able to pivot and change that quickly to be able to put on a digital uh, show that they can be really proud of. Some of the shows do a really good job and have people dedicated to those roles, um, so they're able to change a little bit easier or faster. And some folks are going to give it their best go. Um, even, you know, some folks, are, they're, they're met. They're, what they're really good at and what they've, they've done for years was, you know, try to be a good salesperson or rep that does things in person. Um, so changing to all online can be a challenge for them, but they're going to give it a shot and do their best job for you to, to give you some information. So we'll still have a couple hundred exhibitors ready to, to share some information with, with you, whether that's just you going online and seeing what they have available, what's new, or some of them will have different ways for you to contact them. Uh, there may be some that have some live sessions or question and answer uh, pieces, uh, some videos possibly that are pre-recorded just so you can see what's new with them and be able to know what questions to ask uh, if you're looking for something new, or if you're just interested in the technology and um, and, and maybe it's not the right year for you to change that, you know, on your, on your operation. But, you know, in the future, you may be looking towards it. So I know on, on the different farming operations I've assisted with, we're always looking to see what's new, not because we're ready to buy this year, but because in the next few years we're going to be ready to make a purchase. Oh, absolutely. you got to take the long view of it. Let's break this down just a little bit further. And you talked about the ability to pivot and the change direction and certainly – you know, this has gone on, you said, for 57 shows. We get to the 58th show. As the show manager, the orders come down. We can't have large social gatherings. We can't have the big fairs, but the show must go on. And you walk into the facility that day and you look at your crew. How did that conversation go once you realize that this is going to last, this thing's going to go on longer than we anticipated? We're not going to be able to open the grounds in September. How did you and your team approach it and make that pivot so that uh, growers across the Midwest can still access the information that is presented at the Farm Science Review? Yeah, and I'll start by saying um, our staff and me included, uh, we're we're the biggest champions of, of Farm Science Review. We want to you know have the best show and represent um, agriculture in the best way we can to be able to connect people, to be able to find the products they need to make their operations better. It, it was really hard on our staff to make that change just because we love the event so much. And um, our personalities on everybody on our staff, we like to be in gatherings and see people, and, and that's what we really enjoy. It's hard to see the joy on somebody's face uh, behind a computer thousands of miles away. So, you know, the satisfaction that we're going to get hopefully comes in the feedback and the way that the visitors will help uh, shape and form the way Farm Science Review will be in the future. So. Even if that feedback is just telling us, hey, nice job, but uh, I'm still only going to come in person. If you want to give us that feedback, that's great. And, you know, we, we, we take note of that, and that's what we want to get back to in being in person. But there might be some components that, that come out of this show, this virtual piece, that 
you think, well, man, that was really actually pretty useful. I wonder, you know, if next year maybe we have the in-person show and also include some of these other features. And that I'm definitely open to those suggestions too as a, as a manager. And, and our staff will look at those things and decide which pieces we do keep. And it may be, it may be all the virtual piece, um, you know, and the participation by exhibitors might be a little different next year when they can be in person. But, you know, thinking back to your original question, though, Bill, you know, even though it was tough on us, that change wasn't uh, super difficult only because we've been working on the digital piece for a few years now, trying to make our show a little bit more digital, um, mainly from the standpoint of the education, but um, it was easy to adapt into the exhibitors, too. So, and I, I guess there's two different ways to look at that also, because we've had a mobile app for a few years to be able to help navigate for some folks around the site that have mobile apps and smartphones to be able to do that. And also the thing on the website is an online directory where, where folks can go on and see where the exhibitors are and who's going to participate that year and, and plan their schedule ahead of time. You know, there's, there's been a few years in the, in the, in the recent past that there's been a lot of, of harvesting going on about the same time as our show early, just with drought induced or whatever the situation might be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so sometimes when we, we think about the, the harvest uh, that's going on and how people can still get involved, there's a lot of folks that will come to the show for just a couple hours. So they'll, they'll plan to harvest, you know, beans in the afternoon, so they'll come to the show in the morning and, and see a few things, grab their lunch and go. So we want to make sure when people come on site, if they're only going to be here for three or four hours, we want to make sure they can get to those high those spots that they really have high interest in before they have to go home. So. We've had a couple of these components that we've been using for a few years and adding to a couple of other extra pieces of being able to do video and things like that were something we were kind of investigating on the education side of the video. So using those tools for the exhibitors was, was fairly easy to do. There's a lot of, you know, bugs to work out and challenges to overcome. But, you know, a two-month turnaround seems like a lot of time when the, when the time happened. We did have a little extra time on the front end because we did uh, plan to do some of that in a way. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been interesting, to say the least, on um, how the show industry has changed. And, um, you know, going from, from uh, in-person shows to virtual is, is not easy for any company, whether they're a media company or a privately owned show or, in our case, owned by a university. We have a lot of people that, uh, you know, in our university and college that have some experience on the, the technology side. So we have, we have a little bit of a, um, you know, advantage when it comes to that of, of having all the people especially on the education side where we have experts in just about every area of agriculture that we can utilize and get some information out to folks. But, you know, the pivot to, to the virtual was, was not easy and it's not going to uh, change, you know, to, it's not going to be easier from this point forward. Um, but we, uh, we will have this opportunity to use a little bit of the tools in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, your vendors, they do a great job in person. They're they're geared that way, and and you put up the shiny paint, you put up the big balloon, the big machine, and engage people in person. And it's a completely different thing. You know, even once you you pass the hurdle of recording and posting and and all that, it's just developing the content, the virtual and digital content that would drive someone to click the link to watch the video to the end. To, to seek further information, it's a whole different approach in marketing psychology than an in-show person. So I, I've been blown away by the creativity and the agility of vendors across the industry as they've still tried to engage growers and still get information out, uh, utilize the farm show platforms such as the Farm Science Review. And as far as I'm concerned, a big round of applause to uh, the folks in the industry that really focused on how how to make that pivot from in-person to a virtual presence. 
Yeah, and, and I do hear a lot of, uh, you know, feedback from, you know, attendees, visitors, my family, my friends. Everybody that has an interest in agriculture has, has shared an opinion in some way. And I want everybody to know, too, that um, there's some people out there that think that the future of farm shows is all virtual. And, and I happen to not, you know, agree with that um, concept because uh, I, I'm, I grew up in a farm myself and understand being able to get out and touch something and, and be able to talk to a person you know, right face-to-face and, and be able to have those conversations about business. And I, I've done a lot of business over the phone. I've done a lot of business over the Internet. But there's a lot of things that I still like to see in person, and there's a lot of people that I like to see in person. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that the, the future of farm shows is completely virtual. I think it's a nice complement to what we do on an in-person show site. And there are some things that we can actually do with, with technology, with video, and things that we have now available to us that will make some of the pieces of, of the show better. You know, when I think about field demonstrations and uh, right now the machines are so big that we have to have everybody stand behind a rope to keep everybody safe until the machines stop and then we can let people go out. I see Mm -hmm. a lot of pictures from in the past, you know, 30, 40 years ago when machines were smaller and people could walk right up beside the tillage tool or whatever the case was and see that live in action so close that um, you could, you could, you know, get the the dust on your boots right off the machine as it it goes right, you know, by you in the field. Um, We can do that with cameras now. So, you know, we can still have the Emerson field demonstration for those folks that want to come and see a live action and, and get that experience and talk to the company right face-to-face. But we can also capture some video and put some sensors in strategic areas of, for the find information that uh, people might be interested in as well. So if you're a producer out there that cares about how much fuel you're using or, you know, the, the different aspects of, uh, of the machine, of how, it, how it's running and operating, what, what is this tillage tool going to do? Is it going to accomplish my goals? You may be able to get a video shot that might help you answer that question a little bit better. So in the future, you might see some more uh, video that's coming from the field at the same time the field demo is happening. That When you get home, you can check out the video. And so you saw that person, uh, you know, from the company and talk to them and ask the questions. And, um, you know, the company rep could, could then uh, give you some more info about what data collection has happened and will this fit right in my operation. So. I think there's a lot of things that we can take away from this, but you're right. You know, the industry has bounced back very well, and um, I, I think they're going to be very good at, you know, doing a hybrid model in the future. We'll still have the in-person show, but then be able to complement that with something digital. Well, I absolutely agree. Think of how much technology has changed what's going on on the farm just in the past 15 years. But at the end of the day, agriculture is still a relationship-based industry. I don't care uh, who you are, what you say, it, it starts with a handshake and, and a name, and you know people. It's, it's relationship-based. But technology has fundamentally transformed the way we do, so the hybrid model going forward certainly certainly fits the trend that we've seen in the industry for the last 20 years. How do people engage and participate in the Farm Science Review for 2020, even though we're not allowed to make the trip out uh, to the center and walk the grounds in person? That's right, yeah, and, and please don't show up to the site because there's, there's, it's not open to the public this year, so there's, there's not, not a, anything to see uh, for field demos or anything like that. There will be some things that are they're online. So um, most farm shows are all, you know, pre-recorded content, and we have a lot of that, but we do have a couple things that will be live, and we want to be able to capture that without having inter- interruptions and do that live content for everyone so they can enjoy that online. Um, and a lot of things will be recorded as well, so you can access that later. So the key point is, is you want to go to fsr.osu.edu or do a search on the Internet for Farm Science Review, and you'll find us pretty quickly. 
So on that main homepage on Farm Science Review website, uh, there'll be a nice big graphic that's red and has gray boxes on there. So you can use those boxes to navigate to the category that you're most interested in. So the different uh, educational areas that you can click on, and then one of the big boxes there is exhibitors. So the exhibitors button, you can click on and get the list of exhibitors right away. Uh, once you get into the, the show platform, you will have access to a certain amount of information without having to do any sign-up. So I know a lot of people are uh, concerned about their inboxes on their emails, and once you share your, your email, you feel like you're going to get a ton of emails. We're not sharing your emails with, with anybody when using those internally. So the main purpose of, the, of asking for a sign-up um, is so that you can use, utilize the system the best that you can. Um, also, we'll, for a point that we want to make sure that you are a person getting in and not uh, some kind of a bot trying to do anything malicious to our sites. And so security-wise, we need to have everybody sign up to be able to access the scheduled events that happen. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of those will mm -hmm. be through Zoom. Some of those um, may be just a recorded YouTube session or, or a, a live through one of the other platforms. Uh, so we give the exhibitors uh, the flexibility to be able to use the platform that they're most comfortable with. Some companies prefer one software over another. So that way that gives them a chance to do some question and answer if they so wish. Um, there will be a couple companies that do so. And there will be quite a few question and answer sessions with the educational uh, specialists uh, at Ohio State. So through some of those um, extension presentations that happen. And some of the extension presentations will be pre-recorded as well, but we'll have a question and answer session at some point. You can ask those experts uh, a little bit about either the session that you saw or just any general questions that you have. So well, once you get into the homepage um, for Farm Science Review on fsr.osu.edu, once you navigate into the show site then, um, there will be a lot of different buttons that you can click on to navigate keyword searches um, through sessions and through scheduled events will be the two key things that you want to look at. Each exhibitor that has their own page um, can provide some videos and, and uh, images and you know, other digital content that will, will help you make some decisions in the future. So the featured exhibitors will be the ones that have something that they couldn't wait to share till next year with you, that have something uh, that they're proud of for this year that they want you to, to take a look at. So I would encourage you to look at those featured exhibitors that, on the featured exhibitor list, um, and then scroll through to the education and see what uh, sessions mean something to you and you want to learn something about. And like I said, that those sessions will be available uh, after the show date. So the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th are the three dates of the live presentations. Some of those and most of those will be recorded and be on that site for months afterwards. So up through the spring, you'll be able to go back and access those. Excellent. I've been sitting here on my iPad following along as, as you walk us through the homepage. And it seems seems pretty intuitive. Certainly nothing to be intimidated by and nothing that you could you could break. Just keep keep clicking until you find what you're looking for. But it occurs to me that as you're sitting in the combine waiting on a truck or you're sitting in the truck waiting on the dryer or the elevator or whatever and the conversation comes up or you, you realize a need while you're out during harvest that all this is at your fingertips. You can pull up in the tablet or the your smartphone and and go out and research whatever happens to be the topic of the day while you're sitting and waiting on whatever bottleneck shows up during harvest and go back and access this material uh, throughout the, the harvest season and into the winter. That That's not something you get uh, out of a out of an everyday show, right? That's correct. Yeah, and, and like you said, you can you can access anywhere that you have internet access and a device. So, um, yeah, we encourage people to to keep their their iPhone or their phone ready and a tablet available, keep it charged. So when you, when you do have those dull moments in the 
in the tractor cab or if you're in the truck waiting for you know another fill there's there's a lot of things you can do on the site to either search for new products or something that you're looking for um, you know that you can do a lot of searching on the internet and different places uh, but you know we really feel like you can have a home at farm science review online that you can really go to to find those resources fairly quickly um, you know we're in the agricultural industry we're pretty technically technologically advanced you know we're, we have a lot of conversations with people that um, are not in the ag industry and are just amazed at how we're using GPS and RTK, uh, all those different things, and all the other technology we're using with autonomy and things like that. And even if you're not using those, there's some technology on just about every operation that will blow some people away on, on the, how advanced they are and, and what we're doing. But you can find those things a little bit easier uh, in one place in a database that's totally focused on agriculture and, and not get all the, um, you know, the, the chatter from everything else that's out there and the things that will will block your vision from the things you're really focused on. And then the educational sessions, too, there's there's a lot of things that, that uh, will be included in that, you know, the normal things that we think of. If you have participated or, or attended one of those sessions before, there's a lot of, of good opportunity to hear about some grain marketing and what those future forecasts are going to be. Um, and thinking of forecasts, also there's some, some good sessions on weather and climate from our specialist here at Ohio State, too, on weather and climate. Um, and you're going to find a lot of things on, on different parts of the industry as well with beef, uh, you know, with different grain crops, of course, with corn and soybeans for us uh, being in this region of the United States. Uh, but then also some of the niche market things, too. So a lot of people are looking to diversify their farms just a little bit so you can find some, some information about berries and hops and hemp and a lot of different things and which ones to maybe kind of investigate more and which ones maybe that won't fit your operation very well. So there's a lot of good information there. I, I kind of treat it now as a podcast. I was never really a podcast person until recently. And I'm sure that your listeners are probably interested in podcasts as well. So after you finish up Bill's podcast and you get get to that, you may be able to check out some farm science review ones if you have a few more minutes and you're you're listening to something while you're operating the machinery or whatever the case may be. You know, podcasts are, are a nice thing to do uh, to listen to to find some good information that, that matters to you. And these sessions, I would just listen to them, you know, off of YouTube and and uh, keep those playing. And you can listen to those all winter long and up through the spring. I'm glad you brought that up, Nick, because the educational side of the show probably doesn't get as much attention as it should. You, know, you get you walk in the show and all the fun stuff hits you right in the eyeballs, right? It's what's the biggest, newest, baddest thing and the shiny thing, and and that you you get wound up. What? How much does that cost? How just how big is that? And all the fun new stuff, but there's an awful lot of value within the show in the educational exhibits, and a lot of times you can get wrapped up and one thing or another and you miss the educational presentation so what a great opportunity to take some time and explore through those presentations and really see what the experts in the industry are talking about and how it might apply to your operation yes absolutely and in those those educational sessions you know in this virtual platform being recorded we've been recording some of the audio from some of those presentations for a few years and people do find those and access those um, we, we know that, you know, when you go to any kind of a conference or a convention or a farm show, and there's always two presentations you really want to see, and they just happen to be at the same time. I, I'm not sure how many conventions you've been to, Bill, but it sure, seems like every sure. time I go to one, they're always at the same time. So this kind of gives the flexibility, too, that even if there are two at the same time, you'll catch one live, and then you can catch another one pre-recorded at a later date. So um, having a couple hundred sessions, we don't anticipate somebody sitting down you know, for eight hours each of the days and listening to each session, there's no way you can possibly listen to all of them. But you probably find a session that, that means something to you uh, if you get on the site and, and scroll through there, do some keyword searches of the things that are important to you. 
There's also a way to search through on tracks. So if you're uh, really interested in hay production, you could click on the hay track and see what all things are related to hay in the sessions. Sure. Well, the website looks fantastic, Nick, and I'm excited to dive into it and probably explore the show deeper than I have been able to in the past to have it all here on, on my tablet and available to me. I think you guys have done a wonderful job. And for those that haven't attended the Farm Science for a few years or for the loyal folks that are there every year in and out, what a great opportunity to really dive in and, and make it your own show. Select the topics that you're interested in, uh, dig into some topics that you might have missed, and really make it your own show. Absolutely. Um, and, Bill, I will mention, too, you know, I, being a farm show manager, one of the things I get to do is travel to other farm shows, and there's some good ones around the country, not just Farm Science Review. And a lot of the shows are using the same app as we are. So the the mobile app versus the website app, whatever you want to con consider that. The, the My Show Planner that is accessible to us through that, I use when I go to the other shows. So if there's exhibitors that I want to make sure I have a chance to just say hi to, or if there's something I'm actually shopping for for my own farming operation, I can match those up with my interests and find out who's got the products I want to ask the questions to, fill out the My Show Planner, and then I know at the end of the day that I sell everybody I wanted to. I know I've seen people with their list, they come out with their, their notepad, and they, they know that I checked off this company, I checked off that company, I saw this educational session, they checked that off. Um, this is a, a little bit easier way of following your calendar to make sure that you checked off all the boxes by, at the end of the day. Yeah, this is exciting stuff for sure. Well, Nick, I've enjoyed the conversation and our visit. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up our conversation today? You know, just check out fsr.osu.edu. Um, don't come to the site. Just check it out online. Uh, visit the Farm Science Review online as, as much and as often as you'd like to. Uh, you can go on there now as a preview. Uh, those three days will have a lot of live content, and then following there will be a lot of pre-recorded or you know recorded uh, eyes that were happening during the three days. So so check that out. Fill out a My Show Planner um, and give yourself the opportunity to see all those sessions and, and all the different contents available. Okay, excellent. Well, Nick, appreciate your time today. Uh, you've been listening to the Ohio Agronomy Roundup. We've been visiting with Nick Zacharich from the Farm Science Review. Make sure to check it out uh, while you've got some cab time this harvest. Looks like it's going to be a great show. We'll talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.